Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast on this fine evening. This is Temple Archives, the High Republic, Trail of Shadows. My name is Ed, and I am joined tonight by my co-host, Dan. Hey, how's it going, Ed? Ah, pretty good. Can't complain, can't complain. Me neither. It's been a busy day, gonna be a fun night. It'll be a good weekend. Star Wars. You think so? I think so. It's gonna be beautiful outside, too. (laughs) Before the rains again. I know. And I'm joined by my other co-host, Noma. Hello there. As always, steadfast and resolute. Love I seeing thought, you, man. I thought you and I were both going to just like not say anything and no one's going to be like, guys? <laughs> I don't know. That, just wait for the end. That's funny. <laughs> hey, no. No, and this is, once again, Temple Archives. We have so much fun on these recordings, at least the last episode we did. And hopefully much more in the future. But as I, as I said before, my name is Ed and... Dan, let's let the listeners know a little bit about what we do on Temple Archives. Sure, go ahead, Noma. I said Dan. I know, but Noma's name is <laughs> no, 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 okay, okay I'll do it. No, no, no. You said I got the first bit. No, go for you it. Can't I, take I, that away. Like, like, okay, I'll just do it like this. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> that'd be awful. Yeah, uh, if you haven't listened to a Temple Archives show yet, what we do here is we talk about Star Wars canon material whether it be books, comics, movies, TV shows, you name it, video games, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, we basically summarize the story and relate it to Legends material if there is anything that is close enough to relate it to. Maybe characters have come in, maybe storylines are similar to another character's story and they've kind of borrowed that for a different character. We also discuss the events that happen in this uh, medium. So for today, it's going to be the comic. And then we're going to talk about where it fits on the timeline uh, based on some other material that we've read recently. So then you know kind of where to place it in your canon material thoughts. And uh, if you want to let us know about your thoughts, you can do that by Noma. By Noma. Noma. That's how we let people know. By me, for me, all about me. But uh, yeah. If you want to buy Noma, bids start now. Don't. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. The price is is a lot cheaper than you think it would be. Yeah, if uh, you want to contact us, there's a whole bunch of different ways you can do that, and we'd love to hear from you. One of the easiest is our website, which is voiceoftheforce.com. We've also got an email, which is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. Social media-wise, we're on Twitter and Instagram. The handle for both of those is at voiceforcepod. As always, retweeting and reposting our new episode tweets does help with growing our listener base and is very much appreciated. And you can listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. Reading us with five stars in a comment helps with visibility, and you can subscribe for free for the latest episode as soon as it releases. As always, remember to listen to the outro to find out what we'll be covering on the next episode of Temple Archives. Now, see, we usually have a way of doing this, and I hate going through this because I feel like I have the worst artistic sense out of the three of us <laughs> for, for looking at these. It's like art, but, lines, color. I like it. See, but this one I found interesting. Now, for the High Republic Trailer Shadows, we have our author, who is Daniel Jose Older. We have our cover artist, who is David Lopez. That might be David. If I mispronounce any of these, I apologize. Artist, David Watcher. And our colorist is Giada Marchisio for issues one through five. And Ian Herring, sorry, for issue three. 
and you know what? I'm not even gonna start this. I'm gonna push it right to Noma for this artwork <laughs> now. Because the Fair couple enough. things that I saw and that I could appreciate, Starlight Beacons in the back. Pray? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's a very action-y kind of cover, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's so much. There's a lot of questions. I like what they do with the shadows and the name and all that, but as to the detail of it, I am at a loss. So you go right ahead, man. No worries. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting cover. And, you know, like something I've been kind of harping on a couple of previous episodes of everything kind of blending together. This one does a really good epi- or episode. This one does a really good job of not doing that because we've got this kind of nice blue-yellow contrast where at the top we got blue, we got Starlight Beacon, kind of like a calm, kind of serene background. And then in the foreground, we've got both of our main characters running forward and a very it reminds me of like a really very 70s kind of 80s poster style because i see i just think about that aesthetic a lot we both got both main characters running and where their foot falls that shadow of them spreads out to actually show a eh, like quasi realistic uh silhouette of the one of the main villains in this comic so kind of, you know, that little sense of ominousness, like enemies lurking in shadows kind of thing, which is uh, fairly relevant for this book. And uh, yeah, all in all, you know, we've got that gold. We still have uh, Xion's kind of blue fitting in there. And then we got that kind of dark red of the villain. So yeah, it all kind of flows together really nicely. Like I said, kind of like a pulpy noir. That's more 50s kind of what they're going for, though, too. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a mix of 50s pulp and 70s kind of mystery, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Dan, what about you? What did you think about this cover? I think it does mix well together, but it also like juxt. I love this word juxtaposition. Yeah, it juxtaposizes. I don't even know how to say that. Juxtaposes. <laughs> juxtaposes. Thank you. I'm just like juxtaposizes. <laughs> um, over here, I'm I'm a teacher, right? Um, yeah. The the blue and the like orange, like the huge cutoff, the line in between there, where it's like it's obviously that the orange is supposed to be the ground that they're running on. Mm. And then, like, the shadows are reflecting on the ground, but then behind them is something that they're not really paying attention to, which is Starlight Beacon, this whole t- whole story, right? So there's mm. things going on behind them that they're not really um, worried about or thinking about until later on the story. But, I mean, the thing that really catches my eye about this is the art style that um, David Wachter uses. It is so old-school comic. If you look at, like, the faces and the... the the tones that are used for the colors and stuff like that by mm. Yada Marchisio and Ian Herring. It just screams old school comics. And it, it definitely took me out of it for a second. I'm like, is this the right comic that I'm reading? I'm like, oh no, this is the High Republic. Okay, let's do it. And it, I think it, it leads well into that aesthetic of like Noma saying like the noir kind of pulpy feel to it because that's mm. kind of the story that we're getting out of this, right? So Yeah, it's an interesting... It's an interesting take, yeah, mm-hmm. on, on that genre. Because I think the the only downside that we kind of get into artistically with that, this is more in the comic, not the cover, is that you have that kind of old school pencil art, mm-hmm. but you've got the more modern color. And that's, I think, what kind of threw you off there, is mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like a, a clashing of uh, mediums, basically. I feel like the, like the, the, last... ca- the color palette's pretty, like, uh, wa- like color, uh, what do you call it? Uh, watercolors. It's almost like a watercolor painting. Right, uh, just because of like the wash of everything, like her dress, you can see like the kind of watercolor on, on, to it. on yeah. the cover. I'm talking about like in the actual. Oh, the I actual see, I see. Okay, yeah. Stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
yeah in the comic proper like you know on the pages yeah th then it's a little bit jarring because i did yes. notice that as well but i i don't really blame them for that it's hard to authentically um do that kind of a story right oh, like sure. the only one I've, I've ever seen that really pulls off that noir feel with that noir color scheme and that vibe and kind of really makes it work is uh black sad but I, most people haven't heard of black sad um sounds like what everybody for... got from covid the black <laughs> sad the spicy what? sad the depression boys <laughs> Uh, if you, yeah, if, any, if, if anyone's interested in, in, in noir <laughs> uh, so mystery comics, Black Sad is really, really good. Uh, Who's it? Just came from, hmm? is it DC or is it? No, it's, is a, no, it's a indie French comic, I believe. Oh, really okay. interesting. Okay, it's very, yeah, it's it's popular with a lot of um, artists who really enjoy a really authentic. Uh, kind of color scheme and vibe. It's just known as just being a very, very beautiful comic. That's how I first heard about it, Black Sad. Okay. Uh, yeah, Noir. Oh, it's, uh, sorry, not French. It's Spanish. Okay. Uh, yeah. Noir comic series created by Spanish authors Juan Diaz Canales and Juanjo Guarnido. If I mispronounce that, I apologize. Oh, published by a French publisher. That's why. Apparently there's a game um, for it too on Steam. No. Oh, interesting. Uh, maybe I'll look into that. I... Like like I said, amazing. It's really really good. It it looks beautiful. The only thing that I guess uh, I should let people know if you are interested in, in reading it is that it is it's very much like Sin City. So it's very, it oh okay. there are some eighteen plus moments in it, mm -hmm. and every character in it's an anthropomorphic animal. I can see that. Yes. Yeah, okay. I think that's it's like Zootopia, Black Noir kind of thing. Yeah. It, it really is like Noir Zootopia. That's a good way to put it, except it came okay. out way, way, way before Zootopia. Mm -hmm. It's got a cool look uh, to it, though. Yeah, it's really, really good. I've got the hardcover because it is like, it is beautiful. The whole thing um, looks like someone tried to do like. <sighs> kind of like what you guys were saying. Like, it's that very, it's very much that like 60s. 50s, 60s, 70s noir style, but it almost looks like it was done in like um, that authentic style that we were talking about, but also kind of modern. Sometimes it's like a almost like a yeah, like a modern oil painting. Yeah, it's really oh, good. I'm, yeah, I'm talking about but yeah, yeah, it's a very good comic. Anyways, the entire point of the of it being relevant to our conversation was because of the noir aesthetic, which it does amazingly. But Trailer Shadows didn't do a bad job either, so. I think we should jump into our synopsis. Well, I think we should do a spoiler warning first. Well, I, I was going to say something about both of you because I was going to say one more thing about okay. it. Oh, I, just, I just I had to jump on that. That was funny. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So before we start our synopsis, as always, this is the spoiler warning. From here on out, we're going to be giving you a short synopsis, play by play on how this comic read. Uh, but we're going to spoil everything in the discussion, in the synopsis. We're going to just talk about it as if you've read it. If you'd like to read Trail of Shadows and experience it for yourself, stop here, go read the comic, then come back and listen. So, with that being said, this is your final spoiler warning. Let's get into our story. Trail of Shadows starts off kind of interestingly. It starts off with something that we were kind of clowning on earlier, which is that whole weird nursery rhyme that Stellan is freaking out about. But at the same time, it also shows us a very interesting 
image that we hadn't seen before, which is we get to see the end of the battle of, I think it was Greasel. Um, and so because of that, we get to see what Loden looked like when he got hit with the leveler and Bell kind of just being in a state of it, not complete mental shutdown, basically with Stellan and Indira just kind of freaking out and being like, what could have done this? What, what the hell is happening? So from there, we kind of switch back and there's a lot of, I mean, this is based on a noir. This is a noir style. So there's a lot of talking here. I'm just going to kind of skip through a bunch of it. We get Stellan already kind of freaking out about that nursery rhyme that, that I was talking about earlier, trying to figure it out. He's talking with Emmerich, who we've seen very briefly in Fallen Stars, and basically being like, oh, this is the thing we, we listen to as kids and blah, 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 going over a bunch of things. It basically eventually cuts to uh, whatever happening on Grisol being something that they have to look into, which is interesting that they're addressing it now. But anyways, Stellan basically says that because Emmerich is the Jedi Order's best investigator, he wants him to basically go and try and figure out what the hell this thing was, what was happening, how can we figure it out and and make some sort of defense against it. So he basically follows up the hint that I think we did see when they found it with Vernestra and Kentum Sai when they found the Nihil base on Vrant Tarnum, which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, was like right before they were called back. Yes, I think so. To help out on, on Starlight before yep. all the Fallen Star stuff happens. Um, so Emmerich takes the team with them and they go in. And basically at the same time, we're also getting another story with a private investigator named Shion Holt, or Shion Holt, uh, who is pretending to be well she is moonlighting as a musician but she is also working and goes on this whole thing was like ah my partner i want to trust him because he's my friend but he's also not a, a good person and looks like he's doing some shady shit so i'm gonna follow him so she does and it turns out that he is up to some shady stuff they get ambushed uh by an alien that i don't think we've really seen before i don't think so uh, yeah he's a uh tarnab i can't remember I think we've seen Ishtibs, but not Tarnabs. Like that, it looked familiar, but it didn't look familiar enough to be like, I, like, yeah. It just I looked like a, a Star Wars alien that you're like, this kind of looks like something that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but basically, long story short, they get ambushed by this Tarnab. Um, her partner dies. She manages to get a shot off, but doesn't kill him, although we don't know that it fades to black. At the same time, as Emmerich kind of like. <laughs> kind of finding this stuff in in the ruins that it's like um something linking to it it's not even really said fully but it's like implied that it's linking to the leveler and the thing that like really freaks him out though is he like reads the the his his droids reading the text on the wall of this uh ancient weird templeish thing and it it repeats the same line from the children's nursery rhyme um and emic Emmerich kind of freaks out about that because it, it's such a coincidence and I would have cared a lot more if I hadn't read Fallen Stars already. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so from there, we get a lot more into, again, there's a lot of talking and exposition in this novel, but... Which is what we were we looking a, for, to be honest. Yeah, like, it was really looking for, but you're like, damn, it's this just is a big lore drop. Yeah, yeah, like, it, it was good. I'm not saying it is a bad thing. It's just, yeah. as a synopsis, it's hard to, to, for exactly. me to, to hear anything. And so, Think of these issues as, like, this was the... 
all the stuff from the sequel trilogy that we needed in the movies yeah, yeah. that they had to give out all those books for they've done it already so yeah. it's just like here's all the background between the last few big novels that you need to know that has been going on mm-hmm. and they do they do a really good job of it so you got to forgive no much yeah, yeah. there's so much he's not saying yes. it as a joke like i fell asleep reading this and had to go back <laughs> to issues and read it again just to make sure i had all my information right it's a lot lot of information and and i i like to speed read comics and novels so i had to go back and and read it as well twice because there were just details i I was missing the first time around but uh yeah so basically from here we kind of get the uh rising action where chancellor so 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 we get to see her and her i can't even remember the names of the dogs anymore but we get to see them in in you know in art for the first time well in present for the first time which was really cool and basically they bring emmerich and shion together and they're like hey your investigations are linking up i don't know how they knew that because at this point it's kind of vague that their investigations linking up but like you're gonna work together now go and figure out things and so they do and they spend some time on starlight and we get to see a little interaction that ram got to see um in i think midnight horizon yep and Basically, from there, they head off to figure out what this Tarnab was doing with on Shion's side and on Emmerich's side, trying to figure out, like, this Nihil activity that seems to be leading to the leveler. It leads them to a bunch of places, and we're also, at the same time, getting utter sound for some reason. I wasn't expecting this. The crazy, evil Chadrafan doctor who was working with Marshawn Rowe, who I think got hit in the face with a retcon in between something, because yeah. his character is completely different now. Um, but, but we basically get his side of things where he's like double crossing Marshawn Rowe. He's going to sell something to somebody, and that's I think it was a controller for the leveler, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it's implied that he's either selling a leveler or a controller for it to somebody. Um, and he's working with the Tarnab to do so. So Marshawn has people kind of following him, but Otter Sound has a whole thing where he's like kind of one step ahead of them but also not and then he's also trying to do this to pay money for his family this is the part where i'm talking about retcons because all of a sudden he's he's like uh the the poor father who's doing whatever he can to raise his family blah 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 um we're introduced to another charger fan who whose partner died in in the hyperspace incidents she's an older charger fan right yeah, yeah. So like, she's trying. She she isn't a spy, but she's trying to like do something to get revenge for her partner dying. All this stuff kind of comes together with Emmerich and uh, Shion running into Uttersand and Uttersand explaining the leveler in a vague way. Like he still doesn't explain what it is or what it looks like or what it does. He's just like, ah, oh, there's a lot of them, and Force users aren't affected by them. But if you are a Force user, oh, watch out, big scary. And I'm like, cool. Thanks for telling us stuff we already knew. But as that's happening, a big kind of battle, three-way battle comes in because it's like Utterson's like weird rogue Nihil versus the actual Nihil versus this Jedi task force that's now showing up to try and take him out. And then while all that's happening, they capture Utterson, go back to Starlight Beacon. Oh my God, it's on fire exploding. Everything's going to shit. Also through this, we we see the person who was telling uh emmerich and stellan the nursery rhyme and i was like who the fuck thought you would be a good babysitter for younglings but we'll get back to that later yeah it's it's okay yeah Yeah. but they 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 get back to starlight beacon starlight's on fire we're back at fallen stars now it's going to shit everything's happening so we get to see more 
And of course, because it's it's just Fallen Stars, we just got to get some more character deaths in there, right? So they get out in the Starlight Beacon, they get attacked by the levelers, they run into Buckets of Blood and his apprentice, who I don't remember him having an apprentice, so that was interesting. Um, but Emmerich just decides that he doesn't want to feel uh, the leveler's abilities, so he doesn't now. Um, Takes him a second, but he's like, yeah, it's like, I know this is a false thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. We're good. He, What's up? He's like, I'm just, I'm done with this. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm done with being scared. Fuck you. Oh, yeah, it's okay. horrifically fuck convenient, especially yeah. seeing how every other Jedi's acted. Emmerich's like, haha, I've thought of something none of you have thought of. What if we don't feel fear? And it's like, help him, but I, all right, whatever. And he's just like, ha, Shion, what does it look like? It looks like this. That's not what it looks like for me. So that means I'm still feared. So let me just debuff that, or let me just get rid of that debuff real quick. All right, I'm going <laughs> to, now I'm going to take his arm. And he cuts off the leveler's arm. And then we get another uh, leveler ability that was really weird. I don't know well, what I think about it. He got a digit of it, no? Yeah, well, yes. he, cuts a, he cuts off like it's forearm and up. Okay. But then as they're going back, like, haha, we have the leveler part now. Come on, buckets of blood. And he's like, nah, I got the leveler's blood on me. So I'm a go- about to go crazy. And I was like, I, uh, when was that? Oh, he's yeah, like, take my clothes. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm going to strip naked and I'm going to just gotta fucking go out off screen and die like a badass. Bye bye, guys. And it was just like, I, I, yeah. wh- I, what? <laughs> what is I'm happening? The only thing that right? makes me really like that is like, I think he's going to go save like Briaga off screen. Maybe right? so. there's, there's some, and then yeah. we also have we also have um, Stellan, right? Like Stellan, Buriaga, and him are the three people that stay behind. We've got all oh, also um, what's his uh, Skier stayed oh, behind? Oh, Skier stayed well. behind too. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so like, uh, we have all these guys staying behind. It's like none of you. Re- <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I mean, we'll I'm wrap all, up quickly. Don't yeah, worry. Exactly. I've watched enough anime to know that if I don't see a body, that means that nobody's dead yet. Yeah. So we'll see. Who knows. Uh, but yeah, it kind of wraps up there with uh, Shion and Emmerich. They they have a, also a couple of moments where like they kind of connect and it, it, there's a moment where it's like, oh my god, did she fall in love with Emmerich? And I was like, no, he's a ma- he's like a seasoned master, basically. Of and they're like, not. no. Well, yeah, see, and then it turns into just cordial friendship. So there was a moment where, that Emmerich had with um, what's her name, Heave, because mm. she was like she was still you know grieving over all that, and he's just like, how are you doing? And he like he pretty much hugs her. And she's yeah. like, I've never seen a Jedi hug somebody from what is this? And he's like, We're people. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. Like, we just I can't can let it control our, our lives. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. been the most and I think that's what like that's kind of sets up the rationality for him just being like, All right, no fear time. Like, it's just mm. like, you know, he's he's already gone from like, yes, yeah, sometimes my my emotions get out of hand and then sometimes I can really rein them in. And that's what being a Jedi is about. Having having those times to rein them in and having those times where it's okay. And I was just like you are bending things a little bit, but I'm fine with it because it's it's nothing extreme like, oh, I'm just going to go murder 10,000 people and be fine yeah, with yeah. it. And then other times I'll tell somebody that they're evil. It's like, yeah. no, I'm just trying to be the best person I can be. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. fine. And uh, yeah, so you, you mentioned something that I kind of skipped over. But yeah, uh, at a certain point before they head out to to go find Utterzond, uh, we do get to see them meet up with Keith Trennis and Sarek and Tarek again and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, basically the resolution is is just kind of like a, okay, well, things have gone to shit now. I guess we we really need to step it up and, and work together. And this kind of implication that Shion and Emmerich might team up again. And I mean, that's basically it. It's it's just a nice noir thing. We get a lot of exposition and a lot of things that are explained, kind of. Uh, a lot to, of stuff that we were looking certainly. for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but overall, I mean, I enjoyed this. Honestly, I, I really wish that they had taken Emmerich's personality and given it to Stellan in the, from the beginning. 
Yeah. I would have respected Stalin a hell of a lot more if this is the way he acted. Yeah. He, it, Emmerich almost reminds me of like uh, Qui-Gon. Yeah, um, a little in, bit. Yeah, little bit. in the vein of like, look, this is how I understand the Force works. I know I'm not wrong. And if the Council doesn't agree with me, then that's their problem. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He's kind of like yeah. a rogue kind of Jedi in that regard. Like yeah, a rogue yeah. thinker. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, not not necessarily following the doctrine, but still believing in right. in the cause. Something, yeah. yeah. This um, this was a good setup for the next the next part of whatever they have to do because they have something now. Yeah, and I think that was the biggest part. Of, like, you've gone from dealing with complete mystery and just something that you have no knowledge about, you don't know anything about, and now it's just like, here's the thing. We have a piece mm-hmm. of the thing. We can do something now, or at least try to do something now. What did this yeah. take? This took. A force user and a non-force user working together, which I thought was going to be the Jedi and the RDF the entire mm. time. So whatever with that. But okay, it took this. The whole time we were doing Fallen Stars, that's what we were trying to get. But it was completely separate. Working together, okay, here we go. So you have something now. We need time to analyze it. We need time to do this. Meanwhile, everything's going to be happening all over the galaxy anyway. Yoda brings everybody back to Coruscant. How long do they stay there for? What do we have after this? Is this going to be the new setup for whatever? It's like the next two phases are going to be really interesting. I don't know. I hope so. I think we still have a little bit of phase one. I believe we have to do the High Republic Adventures Volume 2, Volume 3, if they have it. I don't know. Um, Mm. I believe that's still within uh, phase one. But this is a good... Like, this was a good... Palette cleanser. I think this and Temple Peak were great palette cleansers for the High Republic for us. Because mm. we were getting to the point where, like, there was so much hubris and so much random stuff going on that we're just like, yeah, yeah. can we get an explanation for literally anything Something, right now? Something, yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. The, the one thing that I still want an explanation for going off Dan's mm. point, though, is what you mentioned earlier because who in their right minds thought an Henri singing some crazy <laughs> nonsense about some yeah. Jedi killer ghost thing coming yeah. to eat children? Jedi, I was like, what, Are you insane? Nobody it's, it's, was supervising this, yeah. It's the stupid, it, of course, it was gonna be scared. Reveal. Yeah, seriously, because we get it told, like, Oh, yeah, I guess she was kind of a weird person, yeah, I guess that's why she was saying those kind of nursery rhymes. And so, for those who don't know, an angry is basically take a quarren, give them teeth, so their head is like like an, an upside down or it's like a triangle. But the eyes are coming out on the sides of stalks, and then they've got a tooth mouth, and then a bunch of tentacles coming out of their chin. Like they already look like a monster, like a if straight you, up monster. If you watch Family Guy, it's it's yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, uh, what is it? It's uh, the guy's son. The, yeah, yeah, the news reporter's kid. Yeah, it is Tom literally Tucker's the upside down face kid. Just add tentacles, and the eyes are literally coming out of the sides of their heads. Yeah, and yeah, dude. it's like, who. Who thought? Okay, so a she's singing like basic, basically the, oh, like the, the, the yeah the, the nursery rhyme shit yeah legitimately like fear inducing nursery rhyme so that's great we're teaching the younglings fear at a young age I'm pretty sure that's what the Jedi creed states right I'm like B yeah nobody was just like maybe stop maybe Don't we get someone that. yeah maybe we get someone who doesn't use fear as a doctrine didn't didn't the great lovers when when they were remembering that shit like remember. It was like this, like demonic version of it. Yeah, it's like yeah, that yeah, doesn't help at all. 
yeah because it was extending the fear and it's like what he could remember from it was her singing it and being creepy as fuck warped and that was just like i i remember like flipping or like scrolling to the page and seeing that and i was just like fuck okay if i was younger yeah that that, that'd mess with me a little bit that's that's not so the art was amazing but that's there, not... there was also, yeah there was also one other thing where it's like well this is needlessly cruel because did you notice that while she's doing that all the lights are on so it's not time to sleep yet yeah <laughs> yeah and they're at... all like putting the covers over yeah, there yeah, really like, cool way. Covers as it's like not lights out time and this fucking yeah it was crazy unnecessary it's so it like it's an interesting like oh that's that's a cool reason why it happened but it's just like why did it happen in the first place and why yeah. did this person specifically know this one song yeah, like, yeah why is still there doing it? and that's it if you remember this is the one doing it i think they said she's been long gone or something happened to her they yeah, can't yeah. find her anymore because away. it was just like go right there and figure out you know what go to the planet how do you guys know this where does this what, come from what would have been hilarious and i i know it, it's not the case but it would have been hilarious if it turned out that that like babysitter quotes was like Martian's cousin. Oh my goes, god! There's a woman there who's like related to him. That would game. have been hilarious. Yeah, he said marveling the whole Star Wars universe. Yeah, they just let me be a babysitter. I don't know what happened. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm so one thing that I I didn't like this change. I'm I'm curious what you guys thought. Utterson's like complete his one eighty of his character. What did you guys think about that? I didn't mind it. I think it humanized him a little bit. Um, in terms of like he has a family and he's trying to do stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. Like it gives you, it makes you want to buy into him a little bit more and like care about a character that you really don't really care about. See, just a little bit, just so you'd be like, okay, like what's gonna happen with him? Like there's, he's not just an evil character. He has like a, he does evil things for good reasons, I guess. Um, like <laughs> that's I where like, I disagree. But I mean, like, like the good reason is like to support his family. But it's like, dude, go get a part time job, engineering yeah, yeah. on like fucking the Vidon space docks or something like that. Maybe, but even even with that, it was just like okay, in the first books that were introduced to him and Loden's captured and all that, right? And Martian's with him. And at first, he seems like a little abused Chadra fan. But then we hear he's taking such pleasure in the work. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, you're enjoying this a bit too much to be just doing this to support somebody and say it's all good. I yeah. forget when he gets slashed across the face. I honestly do. Was that when Loden pushed and he got injured or something? Maybe. I think... I. Yeah, I don't really remember either, but yeah, I think part of the glass hits him. But, okay. but he's also laughing like a madman, right? When... Yeah. Uh, when they infiltrate the space, uh, who is it? Like, I can't even remember who who infiltrates the uh, the vessel that Mari Santek is on, and he's there with the the. Oh, um, yeah. that was Vernestra and yes, Vernestra, the kids, yeah. and Emery. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right because she feels the Santeca link, and he's like, he's clearly loving his job. Yeah, like, so when he's, he's like, all of a sudden it. now, oh no, I yeah, gotta like, support you guys. Yeah. Come on, that's I, a, that was such a cop out. He's just like, oh, just forget all the evil stuff I've done. I have family now, yeah. and I've been doing all this for him. It's just like, you know, you've been doing it for yourself, dude, because you're not really – it doesn't seem like you're being paid for anything. They never mention paying anything to you. Martian's just like, you're just doing – I thought you were indentured too, but you didn't care because this is all you wanted to do. Mm. All of a sudden, you have a family? Yeah, mm. like, yeah and I, I really didn't like it because for me, it's just like – Diminishes his character. 
You need that evil scientist. Have him there and have him go out fucking nuts. So, and it, it smacks of like, and I, I don't, I don't want to throw too much shade on on the authors, but like l- lazy emotional character writing basically because it it's it's a big problem i have with gonna switch into anime for a second it's a big problem i have with naruto because naruto does this a lot especially as it gets into the later parts where it's like every single villain they go up against who is a monstrous piece of shit gets like a really long tragic flashback backstory for some reason yeah. It's like I don't need to feel story for every asshole in this series. Like when Kabuto, when Kabuto got his, I was like, "Come on, man! He's just an asshole who just wants to be Orochimaru, but he can't." Like that's yeah. all I need him to be, right? You just know that but, he's this creepy, evil motherfucker that has evil ambitions yeah. and just wants to fuck everybody over. And then Naruto goes even farther. I'm going off on a tangent, but Orochimaru who is, like, literally experimenting and, like, killing dozens of kids. Yeah. And it's just like, well, he's a quirky character yeah, now. Yeah, in, in, in Boruto oh. and stuff? Oh, my yeah, God. No, the way the way you just let him back into... Okay, I'm not gonna... Yeah, yeah, it was awful. Awesome. But, but it's that same, same thing, right? Like, if you... It depends. So, here's how I see it. If you take an evil character and then you give them a tragic backstory, but either that tragic backstory doesn't apply to the current story or doesn't pay off again until much later right like joker and killing joke is a good example Mm. like he has we learn his backstory it's super tragic doesn't play into the story at all how about like doflamingo in one piece right it's not terrible because it does play into like that current story and the characters that belong in there and it gives you a little like i i still don't give a shit about doflamingo but it does give you that little bit of like oh like he was wronged and now he's Taking what he he thinks is his. So I think a better version of that example, because the Doflamingo's backstory is also just meant to to show like he's been he's been evil even back then, right? Yeah, fucking Senior Pink's backstory. Senior Pink is a good example. That was a terrible backstory. That one is that one is interesting. Well, I can go into that later. Yeah, we could we could do a whole fucking podcast on this. Like, so a good example is like for me, um, Arlong. Yeah, because sure. by the time we learn Arlong's backstory, he's been so far out of the picture that it like does not matter anymore, and mm. he's still an irredeemable piece of shit, and he's still a monster. But now, because you can see that backstory, you at least understand why he was so evil. Yeah, right? yeah. See, the problem with Uttersand is that they use it as a mechanic to make you care when it looks like he might die later on. Yeah, you're just like, Ooh. but it's like. But yeah, but then it doesn't stack up because this is a man who, like we mentioned, was casually torturing Loden Greatstorm for over a year. Yeah. yeah. Right? And v- was very happy making a bunch of devastating weapons for the Nihil to use. Yeah, they, they, right? they even cut off his Leku, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, had no, he had none when he escaped, right? So to then turn around and be like, oh, but he has a family that he cares about. It's like, cool, how many families did he kill? Yeah. Yeah making all this shit right like it that then it doesn't balance out and then it just feels like oh you're just trying to make me care about him otherwise i'm not gonna care when he might when it looks like he's gonna die in in like both of those ambushes essentially yeah yeah so that that i I wasn't super and he's the one who throws a bomb at the leveler right uh there was something in the area i don't think it was a smoke bomb or it was a bomb i can't remember but something in that hallway when they're fighting the leveler He's like, this is my time to lie, to leave. Bye bye. Yeah, but then he's also right. Like when they first show up, he opens the box, the little hole on the lever just to fuck up Emmerich. Yeah. 
He's like, yeah, I did yeah. this on purpose. It's like, yeah, well, you really don't seem remorseful until you realize, oh, well, shit, I might actually die. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. oh, I'm telling her it's ours. Like, okay, really? Yeah, yeah. Really? You're going to play this well, game? I have a family. And she's like, yeah, okay. Uh, so a lot of other people before you kill them. They'd be better off without you, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why it's like, I was thinking they were going to do that for Martian for a bit, but then when they showed his, and wait, yes. have we gone yes. into that yet, or is that tomorrow? No, no, I mean, we still, uh, you're talking about, like, his whole thing when he found Asgore, right? Uh, but yeah, uh, overall, it's just, I, I wish they hadn't done it. Mm. I mean, yeah, granted, then I wouldn't have cared at all about anything Utterson was happening with Utterson, but that's the trade-off, right? When you make a character that evil, you don't just turn around and I'm going to go off on a, I'm going to make this tangent as short as possible because I don't want to make this Warhammer 40k podcast, but... <laughs> The, the, they've done a bunch of retcons with the main bad guy in Warhammer 40k a couple of years ago, Abaddon, and I hated all of them because mm. they tried to make him like a, a emo edgelord instead of just like a evil pure harbinger of darkness. Because um, it's all like, uh, I hate the curse that I've taken on, and uh, I'm raging against these powers that have given me the run. I was like, oh my god, I can hear the fucking... I can feel the, cold, feel the hedgehog vibes radiating off you, and I hate it. It's just, yeah, it just, <laughs> if you're going to make someone be that evil, you keep them being that yeah. evil. You don't suddenly pivot and try to make them relatable. Mm. Just, yeah. Because then, yeah. <laughs> I thought they had introduced the whole family thing just as a way to justify the other Chadjafran who was in the, oh, maybe. In the comic. Mm. To be like, hey, I'm here too, and I see you have that family, but I know you're full of shit, and I'm going to go prove it. Yeah, and, yeah. and that see, was the that... nice foil to that. I thought that's what they were going it's a good for. good juxtaposition, yeah. right? Like, you have... There you go. You yeah. have, like, yeah, you, what you do, right? Like, this evil person has his family still, but this really kind soul who really just wants to live with her husband, I think it was, right? Or her kids or something. I can't remember. Um, she doesn't have that, and she's like, well, like, why don't I have that? But you do. That's not fair. But then, she, yeah. And if they were gonna run with that though, but then she gets rid of the revenge like as soon as the Jedi talk to her, right? Yeah. Like, the the thing that that would have been interesting that I think I, I'm not sure. Maybe I think Ed was going towards is if it had mm. kind of if it had turned out Utterson was more of like a Walter White, like a Breaking Bad kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I'm doing this for my family. No, he's not. Yeah. like that's just what he's saying yeah. to himself to be like yes this is why i have to hurt all the like so many innocents because it's for my family not just because i love doing it because that would make me a monster like, what what benefit does your family have from the jedi not doing their jobs yeah but like if they'd gone on that route uh, that's a little more interesting right it's yeah. like the the you know trying not trying your your hardest not to become the devil that you he's trying pretty to, sure you are yeah he's, he's, or he's not trying to, to not to acknowledge that you are justifies yeah. actions with be. false justifications yeah, yeah. Mm, badly right because so like the whole time we see it on what's their planet called i guess Chad. i can't remember Japan. <laughs> yeah but either way i don't know she she was like okay like basically spying from the start and she was employed mm. and it's just like okay so there you are you're talking with them but you haven't been here in forever and now all of a sudden you're running off again and i'm gonna follow you and i'm gonna make sure i'm gonna do this you had so, you had the mission going perfectly at least if you can't finish the mission, update the mission, update the Jedi as to what your mission was and why. Mm. And then from there, if there's like, oh, well, we're going to take him, it's just like, okay, even if they're going one way and he's escaping, your mission's still to follow him. So bond the yeah, Jedi, yeah. you're going after him. And then do what needs to be done at that point. And I really, really, really was hoping that something would come off of that. We don't know yet because 
I think it was at the end of it. She stunned. She stunned uh, the doctor. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. big dude came through, and she's like, "Oh, I'll shoot you too." And he's yeah. like, <laughs> "Should have set up for kill." Yeah. 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 And so from there, I was just like, "I hope you don't die," because like, you you are the one thing I want to see at least have some success here mm-hmm. because the Jedi are failing. Everybody else is failing. This is bullshit. And you've been the one bright spot, the one who I've not expected anything from this. You were random when you showed yeah, up. Yeah. And you know, you've been the best. You know what my favorite part about her character was in like three comic issues, they did a better job at portraying what Kaz should have been the entire time the six episodes of that show i could stomach <laughs> yeah i am throwing shade at star wars resistance, resistance right. not but what's it what's his name it's like kaz some i don't even remember i don't either kaz something. i watched the whole series and i don't remember he was yeah, supposed kaz... to be the admiral's son no yeah he was that was his biggest thing oh, okay yeah, yeah but that like the whole because th- that's all both characters are very similar right they're they're neither of them actually have any idea what being a spy is they just want to do something for the faction that they're with and they go about it badly, except I buy hers so much more because she makes mistakes like setting it to stun and then not setting it back to not knowing how to set it from stun to lethal mm-hmm. and just kind of and being caught in the moment. Yeah. Being caught yeah. in the moment and not really knowing like holding other like pointing the gun at other and being like, I don't, I don't want to shoot you. And he's like, why would you tell me that? And he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> the other thing too like, is like, like the that, gun right? is like four times the size she is. The yeah, the the, yeah. the second gun. Yeah, Cannon, the, she yeah. Got I she like, grabbed uh, her blaster rifle off a nigh hill. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but. I was gonna ask too with the uh, investigator Emmerich. Yeah. He has a droid that's like the prototype for BD One. Like I yeah, immediately yeah. when I saw that, it's like on his shoulder, very similar like look to it. Apart from it being like almost like a clamped onto his shoulder instead of it just sitting on it. Was on his back for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, it was and like, then it just I extended it. over. It was a really interesting I, droid. I just thought it was really funny that at some point that means that at some point in the future, uh, they decided to cut costs exponentially because his could talk, but BD can't. So yes. at some point they just ripped the vocabulator out of. And that the, would make sense if it's like the yeah. hardware that's on his back a little bit and his shoulder is part of that. So you lose your mobility, but you have the ability to talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I don't know about either of those because <laughs> BD running around and was kind of cute. This thing yeah. constantly chatting in your ear, like Navi, maybe not. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe the, the beeps are cuter. We also get Marsha Chad fucking, like, I mean, just shirtless again, in the fucking darkness. I'm this, like, yo, let's fucking go. Marcia like a hundred times at this point. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I cut you off there. I was saying, just Marcion being a fucking massive badass and just like brooding in the darkness. This is this is <laughs> the this is the Marcion we all know and love, boys. Every single time I see Marcion Rowe. He is just taking a Dark Eldar from Warhammer 40k and just putting him into Star Wars. Except this time, from now what we're kind of seeing, because now we're really seeing him in full. I kind of mm. you could kind of see it before. They're also just being like, we're also just gonna take the Drizzt Dark Elf. Yep. And just kind of yeah. like he yep. definitely has that look. It's kind of just kind of uh what's the word I'm looking at? Like brightness in yeah. Photoshop. He's <laughs> just missing the purple eyes. Yeah, That's yeah. It. Let's go from let's go from purple to ice blue and then just combine him with a dark eldar from 40k. Well his and eyes are his black them. sockets in every scene we ever see him in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he doesn't have a colored eye as far as we can see at the moment. Um and he's just like this like brooding character in the darkness all the time. Mm. I just like how he's it, like every time he's just like, yeah. Like I, I don't really need these people. I just like goodbye, Doop. and just like mm. cuts the call every time. See, like, come on, man. 
that mini series explains that behavior a lot. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm glad. He hates phone it, calls. He likes face-to-face interactions more. Oh, yeah. 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 When we read that, I'll be really excited. Yeah, I'm excited the, too. The, the one thing that this comic portrayal, and to a certain degree, the other ones at least, have have kind of solidified for me is I can absolutely now seeing Martian this many times and understanding his his uh, seeming hatred for shirts. Um, I can absolutely understand how he managed to seduce uh, Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gian Star- yeah, I can't remember oh, yeah. what, what her Gira. first name is. Gira, Gira there Star-Rose, it is. Gira yeah. Star Wars. I can absolutely see how he managed to do that because that man just radiates like fucking cat energy. <laughs> like, legit. No, I was going to say Edward from Twilight. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that too. I mean, he's, I, I think know, he looks like, a bit more days. badass than Edward. That kind, of like, that kind of like stupid, mysterious danger. What was the other guy's name? Like, Jacob? You I think he's just more Jacob. You don't want no, physicality like, wise. Physicality wise, like, Jacob wanna, never had wanna, a fucking shirt on. I don't want to say this word on the podcast, but that's like Jacob's got like fuckboy energy. Yeah, but that's Marsha. Like, he's got fuckboy no, and Edward no, energy. No, I know what Noma means. Serious. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's that air of I need to know more. I must yeah, be yeah. close to. You let me. You let me in. You let me know and nobody else. Exactly. I need to know this. Especially with the character that Gira is. Yeah, who's yeah, like, he's terrible with holding stuff in because even her kid knows like how the fuck do you know all this secret? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that was so like, funny. Nobody tried because uh, and she's Bell a senator. <laughs> Not, or was it Bell? Um, yeah, Bell. Um, it was Bell's Bell on, in Fallen Stars. When she passes, he's like, "Is she normally that like freaking out inside? Like, should I? No, no she's gone. <laughs> like nobody, um, no, nobody's falling for it. Yeah." Just reminded me when you mentioned spies and the spies mm. not even doing to do. The only one who was doing his job properly and gotten murdered because somebody else fucked it up was uh, Shion's partner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when Lena says like, "Oh yeah, your partner," well, he was deep under her. Oh, it's like, yeah. yeah, you. But, uh, but then you fucked up. But then Lena says something where I was like, "Well, that's stupid," because the whole reason, like, yeah, it's not Shion's fault that she fucked up the operation because she didn't know. And she's like, why did nobody tell me? And she's like, oh, he was so deep cover that we didn't want to tell anybody else. It's like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't get it either, man. Stupidest thing. Like, that's not how you run an operate. Oh, I've got three undercover operatives. One of them doesn't trust the other one. I'm not yeah. gonna tell her that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's sleeping. The... It's sleeping dogs all over again. Like they tried yeah, to do it until yeah, they yeah. had to say. At least they got the opportunity to say so. And it's yeah. like you know you shouldn't have taken me out of that, right? Fuck. Okay, he's this guy. He works for a all. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay, I'll help you. No, I'm undercover. You yeah. know that's it. I just need yeah. you to know. So we play the part, and you take blank shots at me. Okay, yeah. cool. Nobody Wait, else knows. I'm going to get in there and blast around and do whatever. Fuck. It was at, so yeah. stupid. At the very least, like, if if it is something where it's like, you know, we don't want her to know the specifics just in case, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why, though, because you would trust her with secrets already because she's a proven undercover agent. Yeah. But, like, at the yeah. very least, have a handler pass a message that says, hey, your partner's, your partner's pursuing different objectives. Focus on your thing. Right, there. Yep. There's something we need him to handle. Like that's it. You just let him know. You just let her know. He's up to. He's doing some stuff. So then when he starts acting against the parameters of the mission, she's like, "Oh, okay. I guess that's the secondary objective. That's it. That's all you need, right? Problems can just be avoided. Yeah. It, it's 
you know what? I'll I'll take the fact that there's a, there's only like one hit with a stupid stick in this comic. That's that's an upgrade over you know every single character. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, some yeah. of the other some yeah, of the yeah. other amounts of stupid sticks we've seen at this point, but yeah, it's a. Uh, you guys want to want to get into the rankings? Sure. I just want to say, you see, Lena So has all these great works, but she can't figure out one simple fucking thing. To do. <laughs> but yeah, yes, she can let's only get into the yeah. It's superb or nothing. There's no <laughs> in-betweens. Welcome to the rankings for this episode of Temple Archives. So, Trail of Shadows, out of 10, as always, you know, I was just going to say out of 10, but as always, we're given a rating out of 10, how we feel it stacks up to all the other comics that we've read so far. And uh, you know what? I'll start first, honestly, because uh, I don't think there's going to be any super low scores this time. So might as well start with what I think is going to be the lowest, which is mine. And uh, that's because I'm giving this one a 7.5. Hey, really? Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, overall, you know, we kind of did skip over a lot of the noir plot because it, it's kind of drag stuff down in the synopsis to go over the full thing, but it does a pretty good job of keeping you in the dark while spoon feeding you enough information. And I, I, I would say force feeding. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, enough information true. in here to be able to say yeah, that. You're, you're too. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. It, it's nonstop, but it's, it, you know, it's good. like Dan it's good. pointed out before, this is something we needed. We needed to learn a couple of these things and figure out some stuff and it just it get acknowledgements from certain things too. Cause they do also acknowledge at this point, um, I can't remember if it's Emmerich or Stellan, but one of them is like, someone's leaking the stuff we're saying in meetings because I don't understand how all this info is getting to the Nihil so quick otherwise. And then Martian also mentions a spy, and we know by now from Fallen Star that that's Staros. So just, you know, little things like that where it's like you if you are fully immersed in the story of High Republic like we are, you're rewarded in little mm. ways, right, for doing that. Uh, and yeah, overall, I mean, it was... A pretty fun read. It kept me interested. Like I said before, I do have a few problems with it, but they pale in comparison to what this book brings for us, I think. And I didn't really care about Buckets of Blood too much, so it didn't really uh, tear me up when he sacrificed himself. See, I think that's because of his name more than yeah. anything, though. That's, that really let him down, because he's probably... Re- <laughs> Not it, it's a, really yeah it's it's a weird gimmick that they never did anything with and yeah. then he's done so oh yeah this every time i'm on the field i heal people and there's always blood okay and i've never seen you heal anybody yeah so. yeah I, I remember how much blood comes from cauterizing blaster wounds and cauterizing lightsaber Thank wounds you. right dumb but, fucking idea I'm yeah sorry. unfortunately he now gets to join well unfortunately for me he now gets to join orbelin in the characters i've had a cool character concept and we did nothing with them <laughs> had an interesting character concept but yeah overall you know those gripes aside yeah 7.5 i did really enjoy this one uh ed how about you uh, i also give it a 7.5 oh okay i think um for me, it was really finally getting to see. I I know I've said it before, but like, an actual Jedi Sentinel work. Yeah. Because mm. in all of the media and a lot of the books and everything, we're seeing, and I know these terms are like more of an old Republic era thing, but like we're seeing so many guardians, we're seeing so many consulars, mm. and every other way they can turn them where they're not too far off that path to finally see somebody just like, hey. 
investigations going through. The closest we've gotten to that has been what's his name? Uh, Kinlan Voss is the closest mm. we've gotten to this, but not as in depth and actually just using logic and mm. science. Quinlan was more loose loosey goosey oh. with his force and dark side <laughs> and See, lifestyle force stuff, but force stuff yeah. aside like yeah. what yeah. he had to do is investigations and everything like that. And undercover he was, he was doing really well undercover yeah, yeah. and all that and all that but like that Quentin, is the closest we've seen every everybody dabbles in it and like, mm. oh my hood's up so you don't know who i am <laughs> but like, yeah well, quinlan was way hard Quentin, well quinlan's forte as an investigator was uh the bullshitter yeah. yeah well and, like it was bullshitting right yeah like pretending to be other people improving you know, very very well yeah, getting close to people that kind of mm. thing with that attitude right the psychometry as much as i love it the psychometry really is just like huh i don't know where to go is that the plot over there let yeah. me go check <laughs> let me grab that oh, oh this is oh, the plot. i know it, it's interesting seeing that difference though right between quinlan of being a lot more um a lot better at disassembling people and Emmerich's much more being better at disassembling the situation. Yeah, it's, right? I think it's like macro and micro kind mm. of studies at this point, right? Because you have Emmerich who really needs to break something down, and you see how he goes about that. And he has a partner, and they're going through. And this this investigation, like as you read through the more, it takes months. Mm. This is months of work. no. This is years. It takes place right after Grizzle. Goes into oh yeah you're it, it goes be into like Fallen a year Star. and a half right? yeah it a goes year and a half, but like, it's a yeah. long time which is what I liked about it it's not like they get it right away and then nobody acts on it it's they're getting it as everything is going to shit mm. exactly yeah. I don't know if it's like because I love games like Judgment and Phoenix Wright and all those stuff <laughs> nice. right but like but the, this kind of story for me is just like I love seeing this path and I love seeing mm. how it goes through I I would have given it more but things like the weird Utterson flip mm. and the red herring that he was because they think he's the spy and yeah, all that yeah. and everything we know from Fallen Stars. Like, it's, I can't give it any more. I did enjoy it. They said miniseries, mm. and I'm sad about that because I really want more from the two of these guys, even if it's yeah, there's nothing a lot to of people that like it and tell like Marvel they like it. They in Star Wars, like, they might make a sequel like season because they, they have taken series like, I mean, to be fair. Uh, the Poe Dameron series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was supposed to be like five issues, and they I made know, it to thirty-one issues. Volumes, yeah. And as actually, it was actually pretty good. But they also did that with the Kane in the Last Padawan series. It was mm-hmm. only supposed to be five mm-hmm. issues, and then they extended it to fifteen or sixteen issues. You see, the scary thing here is that I don't want them to do much because they're just going to end up killing him in some dumbass. I hope not. Yeah, I really yeah, hope yeah. they and do I... some more stuff with this character in the books and things. <laughs> Emmerich, it'd be good to know. Who knows? It, it's it's so hard to tell. See, oh, he's figured he's figured out how to how to beat the the the, the leveler. Martian is gonna shoot him. Yeah, yeah. A Jedi. He's he's gonna he's gonna shoot him, and it's gonna pass through him and hit the leveler's limb and make them both catch fire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we one. don't have this anymore. <laughs> oh no. Sir. Also, Ed, you've completely distracted me now because now I really really want a video game where you're either a jedi tracker or a jedi sentinel mm-hmm. and you like see the person and you're you do the fucking like apollo justice thing with the bracelet where you're like huh the hand keeps reaching up towards the neck maybe that handkerchief is actually hiding something that she has and then she takes it off and there's the cord like strangulation marks from like, the second, to doubt. No. second case i think yeah. no like now that ed's just revealed that he likes phoenix right i've just got like a hundred you didn't know oh i'm sorry uh, no, it's okay. uh, i mean no, oh, but dude 
Yeah, nothing. Uh, if you haven't seen Phoenix Wright, go watch. Go go play Phoenix. Wright. I haven't. I know about it, and I know all the memes and everything, and do I know it. like objection and like all right that now. shit. But like, I don't know anything else. Dan, I'm much gonna, I'm gonna get those, into that, that more after because I want to hear your piece on this too. Because this is this is one we all both of us so far have had the same score, but for very different reasons. I find so I want to hear yours. So I gave the High Republic Trail of Retcons a seven point five. <laughs> um, you know, in all, in, all, in all seriousness, I thought that was good. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, <laughs> that's why I was smiling when you were talking at the beginning, Noma. I was just like, oh, oh my god, I got this. Um, but yeah, I, I give it a seven point five as well. Actually, um, <laughs> the reason I would is because we got a lot of information and we got it not in a short period of time. Like the story takes place over that full like year or so, year and a half, mm-hmm. and it, it mm-hmm. takes time for them to go through the situations and the areas and the people and the story and the plot and all that stuff to get to the end where they crash their ship through starlight beacon yeah rescue people and then get the hell out of there like i mean that was interesting like i was like oh my god i did not expect that and we don't get that in the fallen star book because um we only get one side of it and like by the time Mm. they get there everybody else is either evacuated or on a different part of the station and it's really cool to see that part is something that we left out of the discussion that I think is also important. Yeah. We do now finally get to learn what happened to the younglings and because they um, were on the top half, no? Yeah, and they yeah, crash yeah. into the top and half, and, the top. and we never. Everyone yeah, well, off. and the top half is the first first part that goes right. So it was always just, and you know, we have the Jedi Knight who dies in Fallen Stars, who was like, he's literally supposed to be there to work with the young kids, right? Yeah, and then we also see so like what happened to them. Now we know. Yeah, Maru pushing away. Um, Chris. Avar Chris yeah. and like she's the only one in the escape pod or whatever right? and you're like yeah what happened to the kids well yeah. now we know so I think that was a, a good a little piece of like them coming into Fallen Star and they're like we need to get some information on this creature or whatever the fuck it is mm-hmm. and they they do they get some information and uh, is it Cork I can't remember the kid's name the one I, that's I the, the apprentice. Of bloods. yeah, yeah. Um, but he's in that, that stuff happens in like the higher public adventure stuff that we'll cover Okay. Um, a lot of buckets of blood stuff and, and the Padawans, but mm. overall, seven point five. It, it was good. I mean, I would put it on par with Temple Peak, but in a different way. Like we got more, yeah, we yeah. got more sustenance in this than we did get cool action scenes or yeah. like more fun like interactions with characters. This was more serious and more information based, and so mm-hmm. that's why I would give it the same as Monster of Temple Peak, just because Monster of Temple Peak was more entertaining, but this was more informative and. Honestly, I'm glad they used a different art style for this because it felt different and it yeah. needed that different art style. And it was good. I, I definitely yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah, so, I think we all did. But, yeah, uh, definitely recommend. And if mm. if you've read it but never started reading it, but you decided to drop it because either of art style reasons or too much story or whatever, hopefully this has honestly reignited your feel to read through it and finish it because it mm. is... A gigantic, gigantic knowledge piece that you need for this wave. And hopefully you'll slog it through because I think you will enjoy it if you do it and either pick this up. Because we did we really didn't give that much away, even in the discussion. There's yeah, still so much. There's so much to know. And, so- and great art. If you have not even just look through the book to look at the art. It is so good. So good. Black set is better. Hmm? I really do what? want to go read that now. I just it looks, it, so really, really good. it looks so good. But uh, that's our canon material rankings. All right. We'll mm-hmm. see you in the outro.
Thanks for joining us in the outro, guys. Now, we have our next episode of Literature. It will be another comic. We are having so much fun with them right now that we are going to continue with them, and we hope you are happy that we're continuing with them, too. We are covering The High Republic Adventures Volume 2. So, if you guys have that one down, by the time we are ready to record, hopefully you'll love the recording that we have for you on that one. But, if you want to get into contact with us, it could be about this comic. It could be about anything that we have on the website. It could be, have, be about anything that we've talked about before. We'd really love to hear from you. And there are multiple ways to contact us. If you, you're doing that pep dance, that spirit dance, boy, and I know you want to talk. I'm doing about the bird this dance. The you know that, like the the bird that, like they have, like dance to like the EDM music, the GIF. It's like, nah. I just like the. See, this is we're different. I look at the go, the one going across the road. It's just like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but definitely check out our website. There's tons of merch on there. There's tons of stories on there. There's a little bit about us individually on there. You can see a little bit of when we went to Star Wars Celebration in 2019. Oh, that man. is coming up this year as well. Good so if you've got shit. tickets, enjoy yourselves. That means going to be one hell of a time. But that is voiceoftheforce.com. You can contact us through email. That's voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. Social media, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. You can find us at VoiceForcePod. Anything we tweet out or we post, if you repost that, if you retweet that, it could be new episode tweets. It could be you know, funny pictures that one of us puts up. It could be just a quote from one of the movies you really like and that we've seen and we quoted or something. Something about the High Republic. Maybe you like Emmerich. Maybe you like Noir. Maybe you started reading Black Sad. It could be <laughs> any one of those. Honestly, retweeting that stuff does help with growing the listener base, and we really do appreciate it. So please, find us on there. Give us a shout. We'd love to hear more from you. But you can listen, rate, review, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. If you leave us with a five-star review, hey, hey, thank you. And we definitely want to hear more from you. So a comment would help with that as well. And it helps with your visibility. So you get out there, you say things, more people say things. Then you start to see Voice of the Force, uh, voice of the force a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. And then it'll be all over. And together we will conquer the... Okay, no, I'm going too far. But you know what I mean. <laughs> it'll be a really, really good time. But if you do end up following or, uh, or subscribing which you can do for free, you will get the latest episode release as soon as it releases. It is a fantastic thing to do, and it is free. Just a quick note before we round up the podcast. Uh, we are not heading out to Star Wars Celebration this year. Uh, just because of the COVID situation and, and things, uh, we decided to not go out to the convention this year, but there's going to be so much stuff there. There's a lot of fellow podcasters that are going out and doing panels. So if you want to take a look, the official panel schedule released uh, this week. So you can take a look and kind of start making your schedule before you go and know what panels you want to go to and what panelists you want to see. Or if you want to go, you know, meet and greet with some celebrities and stuff like that, go do that. There's so much fun times at Star Wars Celebration. You can go to the gaming booths. You can go to the book booths. We're going to miss it. We had a blast last time and uh, we'll definitely be making the next one when it comes around. So for those people heading out to Anaheim, have a blast.
Dan, did you get paid celebration sponsor money? You didn't tell the rest of us about? No, I wish. I What's wish. Going on here? <laughs> <laughs> this is a little side chat here. Like, oh, getting, getting some getting some chatter on the side, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, what happened to the rule of three, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> the rule of me. No. Um, <laughs> it's going, treason. Yeah, he's going dark crate on us. Um, yeah. Uh, are we going to do a remember? Remember? remember. Oh, I was waiting for one of you to come. I didn't have one. Noma, you got one. And remember, if you want to watch a noir movie, but you don't got time for moving pictures, then there's a whole bunch of other comics that you can get into. Uh, The only problem is I don't know any of them about Black, except for Black Sad. So I'm just going to keep talking about that one. And that was a comic about an anthropomorphic black cat. And so one day he gets a message about Noma. Thank you, Noma.